Good morning for Friday, March 6, 2015. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. Iran as an unlikely ally. Ferguson Report puts hands up to reality test and venture capitalists under the spotlight in a bias suit. We get the latest from San Francisco. In today's national stories, Jeb Bush may be one Bush too many, Iowans say. Ringling Brothers Circus will retire the Elephant Act. And gay marriage ban still law in Nebraska. In today's financial headlines, big banks pass muster in the latest stress tests. And Abvi wins a bidding war, then goes on the defensive. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist David Brooks. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is a news analysis written by Helene Cooper from Washington, D.C., Iran as an unlikely ally. At a time when President Obama is under political pressure from congressional Republicans over negotiations to rein in Tehran's nuclear ambitions, a startling paradox has emerged. Obama is becoming increasingly dependent on Iranian fighters as he tries to contain the Islamic State militant group in Iraq and Syria without committing American ground troops. In the four days since Iranian troops joined 30,000 Iraqi forces to try to wrest Tikrit back from Islamic State control, American officials have said the United States is not coordinating with Iran. That may be technically true, but American war planners have been closely monitoring Iran's parallel war against the Islamic State, also known as ISIS or ISIL. And the two militaries often seek to avoid conflict in their activities by using Iraqi command centers as an intermediary. As a result, many national security experts say Iran's involvement is helping the Iraqis hold the line against Islamic State advances until American military advisors are finished training Iraq's armed forces. In Tikrit this week, Iranian-backed Shiite militia leaders said that their fighters made up more than two-thirds of the pro-government force of 30,000. They also said that the head of Iran's Quds Force, Major General Qasim Soleimani, was helping to lead from near the front line. There's just no way that the U.S. military can actively support an offensive led by Soleimani, said Christopher Harmer, a former aviator in the United States Navy in the Persian Gulf, who is now an analyst with the Institute for the Study of War. He's a more stately version of Osama bin Laden. But the United States strategy in Iraq can benefit from Iran's effort to take back Tikrit from the Islamic State, even if it is not involved directly. Appearing before the Senate Armed Services Committee on Tuesday, General Martin Dempsey, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said that the involvement of Iranian-backed Shiites in Tikrit could be a positive thing, provided it did not exacerbate sectarian tension. This is a big worry. In the past, Shiite militias have been accused of atrocities against Sunnis. Rafi Jabouri, the spokesman for Haider el-Albadi, the Iraqi Prime Minister said in an interview Wednesday that Iraq had urged the United States and Iran not to play out their bilateral conflict in Iraq's battle against the Islamic State. So far in general, there was no clash within the two, Jabouri said. He drew a comparison to World War II. 
Countries with different ideologies, different priorities, different systems of government cooperated to defeat the Nazis, he said. It's foreseeable that we see countries which might not get along very well in terms of their bilateral relations working to help Iraq to defeat this threat.